Hello, good morning. Oh, a little bit rusty, aren't we? I'm feeling a bit rusty. You've been away, haven't you? Let's talk about you first, Mark. I have. What have you been doing in the week? It's not the week that was, it's the two weeks that were. The two weeks that were. The two weeks that were, were, was. Um, I was down in North Carolina for a week, recording with my band, The Rails, eh, which was very good fun. We went down to um, Kerners, Kernersville, which is uh, about an hour and a half north of Charlotte. Right. Um, we went to Fidel. I never know if it's Fidelatorium or Fidelatorium yes. Studio, which yeah. we, where we recorded a few years ago the album that I last did, and went back there again to record with Mitch Easter, who is a studio whiz. Mm-hmm. And we recorded four songs, finished them, mixed them, and they're all they're all done and finished. Gosh, gosh! So is that going to go out as an EP, as a new EP? Yeah, I think what the plan is that we're going to release it as a seven-inch single at some right. point this year, right? Um, just for fun. Yeah, brilliant. So, what, and you'll get all four songs onto the single, is that right? Yeah, because they're all really yeah. short. They're yeah. all three of the songs are three three minutes and under. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I looked this up beforehand. That you can you can comfortably have a, get about six and a half minutes per side on a seven inch before it starts to have issues. So mm. yeah, we, we're all right. Brilliant. That's probably right. what we're going to do. So are you going to have coloured coloured vinyl or something like that? Or is it just going to be black? What's going to what sort of what's well? Gonna... Probably like you can actually. Um, it's actually cheaper to uh, to produce coloured vinyl than it is to produce just standard black vinyl you can get no. like a, yeah I mean I, I don't know why that is but like the last one uh, the last one we did on yellow vinyl I think some of them um, but yeah they have for some reason if you just get like a random you know swirly pattern colour hmm. that's cheaper than black Gosh. so probably do that how exciting and then I mean, where... nobody, nobody's going to buy it they've just got to <laughs> The the actual vinyl. Let's go face like maybe we'll probably sell a few, but I think what I'm going to do is use the vinyl single as yeah. a, a, a actually well, no. I just remember what we decided in the end was we're going to do it on a ten inch vinyl, right, rather than seven inch because right. that way it will actually stand out more in the racks <laughs> if no, it ever right. gets into the racks. The racks. But also, um, I think it might be. I'm going to send these out to radio probably, and it might encourage someone to actually listen to it if it's a bit more unusual. How does that work, though? Because you send it to a, to a radio station and they don't have a turntable, do they, these days? Um, it's, all, it's all digital, isn't it? So how does that work? Don't they? Oh, no, my plan's fallen apart. Have you, have you not thought this through, Mark? I mean, this isn't 1978. I'm going to send it, it on a Betamax. And, um... <laughs> they might. I mean, they, obviously vinyl has come right. back. Well, I, I think a lot of the, like, the college don't... radio stations do still play a lot of vinyl. Do they? Uh, okay. Probably, but you know you can I, or, or you can I can send out the vinyl with a um, little download card in it. No, I've got an idea. Send out the vinyl with a, a record player. <laughs> yeah, that's a brilliant idea. I mean, that would be so noted, and that would actually people would be bothered if if basically they got a record player sent through, and then the next they go, oh, this is from Mark and the Bells, and here's a free record player. I mean, yeah. silly. Don't be silly. Just a mono one would do, won't it? And then the next day they get another bit of post, and it's the actual 
album. Uh, the no, we'll just send the EP. record player with the record already on the turntable. Oh, right. Okay, I was just going to do a build-up. That was all by a couple of days. But yes, you can uh, do the same. Be, let's see, it's probably about $200 for a cheaper record player. Just and do it. Postage will be about forty. So two hundred forty. Do it, but you've so. just you've just made some you've just you've just made some money, haven't you? I, I haven't you? So you can Not spend that, that money you've just got <laughs> on, on doing record, that. On some record players. Yeah, yeah, do it. Yeah, that's the I sort know. of level of madness I I respect. That's kind of Terry Gilliam spending thirty years. Yeah, if we just send out two hundred copies, it only cost fifty grand. Yeah, I'll do with if Absolutely. if it's in record player to everybody. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's doable. Do it. That's that's why I'm not in charge of uh, budgeting and anything. You you are not in charge of anything. So yeah. they said, okay, what can Mark be in charge of? He can can charge can can charge can Michael Michael, Michael? who's Michael? I play Michael. It's not Michael. Who is Mark? What can Mark be in charge of? Mark can be in charge of pencils. Hey. Yeah. And it's like, no, we can't really trust him with pencils, can we? Because no. remember last time we gave him some pencils, he, lo- he he basically blunted them all, and then he lost them all. Last so, yes. Pen- <laughs> that reminds me of a funny pencil story. Oh, go on, then. Tell us <laughs> the funny pencil no, story. It's not, fu- it's not that funny at all. Oh, but for some reason, I was in the Do middle it. of... I was doing my first vocal take last week, and I always like to hold something. I find that holding something distracts me from getting too self-conscious. I was yeah. holding this pencil, and I, in the middle of it, I just snapped it in half. And for some reason, it just it just made me start laughing. I couldn't stop laughing for about fifty minutes. Like, I've just broke. I'm sorry. I've just broken your pencil. It's not. It's not even remotely funny. So hang on. It, no, hang on. It was somebody else's pencil. They, they lent it. It was at the you. studio. Yeah, I was just holding and, a pencel. And, and you took it and you snapped and I, it. Well, I was like oh. so concentrating on yeah. singing, I snapped yeah. the pencil in half. <laughs> well, that's proper dedication. That shows you how passionate. In fact, you should put that in the sleeve sleeve notes, shouldn't you? That a pencil, pencil snapper. A pencil yeah. was broken. Um, a pencil, in, yeah. It's like there's something about pencils that is not very rock and roll. Like it's one of the least rock and roll things you think of, isn't it? A pencil, a pencil. Oh, I broke a pencil. No TV's got thrown out the window, but I broke a pencil in half. Wow, well, it's kind of left to centre, isn't it? It's a little bit quirky. I mean, maybe that's kind of what the kids want to hear these days. Maybe they don't want to hear television's been thrown out windows. Hey, yeah. Mark, come on, think bigger. Think blue sky, uh, blue sky thinking, bigger picture. I don't know. Well, it's probably very exciting. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, you've had fun. Let's tell you what, the most important thing is you've had fun, haven't you? You've had fun. Yeah, but I got really ill for a couple of days. Oh, dear. On, uh, start, I mean, um, I must have picked something up either on a flight or, well, the, Mitch, who was producing the session, had a mm. cold. I think I picked it up from him. So I got. I was feeling a little unwell on Wednesday morning when I had to take my flight. By the time I got back to New York, I was just shivering. It was, oh, no. uh, and I, I blew my plan to take the public transport home because I was trying to save money. I had to get an Uber. Right. I was sitting in the back of this car, shivering and oh, sweating, me. and oh dear, and and then got stuck in traffic for like an hour and a half. It took forever to get home. It was an. It was a bloody nightmare. I went straight so, to bed. And, and there was no issue at um, passport control because obviously uh, we're recording this uh, at the time where there's this pan- p- potential pandemic is kicking off around the world, isn't it? The old um, well, coronavirus and that. But, I'll tell um, you where there was no issue there because there is no passport control, is there, when you're flying? Oh, it's inside the country, internally. isn't it? Oh, yeah. Oh, stupid old me. Oh, yeah. Good point. Um, 
Yeah, we well, got back safe though. Despite so, have you have you cleared up your nostrils now, as it were? Yeah, it's not completely <laughs> gone, but I'm feeling I'm mm. feeling much more uh, back to normal, thankfully. Uh, normal. I thought I was yeah. going to die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They always think that. It? It's always the first thing I think. Yeah. I'm going to die. This is it. Get a cold. This I'm is it. Die. This it's is cancer. It. <laughs> yeah, that, I think if I've got a cold, I wouldn't think cancer, actually. I mean, that's the one thing. I mean, I'm the same as you. I'm a hypochondriac, but I probably, with that, that's too much of a leap, I think. I've got a sniffly nose. I've got cancer. I think it's not. No. I, I mean, I might think I actually did have that um, coronavirus mm. if I got if I got fluey now. I'd probably go, oh, bollocks, because, you know, um, it's probably airborne or something, isn't it, now? It's probably floating through the air. Um yeah. Yeah, but anyway, we're still alive now, so don't worry, folks. We're still, folks. We will continue to broadcast to you, our listeners, until we drop dead, regardless of what is going to happen with this pandemic. To the very last, won't we? Won't we, Mark? Uh, Yes, we will. Absolutely, without fail. Anything else that goes on, everyone else will leave the cities and all run away and everything else like that. Uh, But we'll just carry on, and we'll be the like the voice of America. Is that a voice of America or something? Yeah. Or, or like the BBC were, or BBC World Service during the, you know, during times of crisis. See, this is the way my brain works. Yes. I when as soon as you're talking about that, I'm thinking that's quite a good premise for a for a for a TV show or a film. Like the the two two blokes doing like the world's most unsuccessful radio program <laughs> that nobody listens to until there's some kind of pandemic and they're the only yes. ones that survive and yes. then everyone's tuning in because they're the only ones that yes yes. All the other podcasters are, de- are dead, and all that's left is Earcorn. Yeah. I'd be sorry, state of the world. Write yeah, that down. I will. <laughs> Hang on, I've written that down. Well, let's hope it happens, in a sense. I hope it happens. I mean, you know, because then we'll become successful. I mean, obviously, quite a few people are going to have to dub- perish along the way, but um, there'll be a silver lining for us if that happens in reality, isn't it? Um, you can you should, you should write. You should basically get in the old bandwagon and knock out a little uh, coronavirus tune, shouldn't you? Yeah. Because yeah. what has an idea? You could do something like it's a virus, right? But then love's like a virus, isn't it? So like you can you can you can you can have it on two two meanings. Like oh, I've nasty bit of flu, but also um, it's it's like having flu when you fall in love, isn't it? Because it's like getting a virus. Yeah. 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 You can have that one for free, Mark. I got a virus, and it rhymes with a papyrus. <laughs> yeah, don't you don't have to do it now because it's going to be shit if you try and do it now. No, I'm going to think it? about it. I'm going to think because, of words no, that because, with virus. Because That's the first rhyme... one that came into my head: papyrus. Virus and papyrus. So it can kind of have a kind of Indiana Jonesy kind of uh, Egyptiany kind of archaeological kind of thing to it as well couldn't it because papyrus for those who don't know who, what papyrus is it's a, it's a type of parchment paper isn't it that quite parchment often paper. Pa- parchment paper the pa- 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 <laughs> pa- pa- parchment paper the, the dead sea scrolls were on papyrus weren't they pa- pa- it does sound like papyrus a, it does sound papyrus. Like, it's, it's a good word papyrus 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 um papyrus papyrus Popeyes, Popeyes. Anyway, um, that's one for you to do on your own, Mark. Not on. Don't waste good ear corn time on that. But if by the end of the show, Mark, you do have a couple of lines, we'd like to hear it, wouldn't we? Wouldn't, wouldn't we? This yeah, is, I'll be yeah. thinking about it all the way through. So moving on, we are going to have a topic. 
um, because there has been a lot. Oh, oh, oh dear! Oh, Sorry about that. There has been a lot of. Um, uh, well, actually, there's been no interest at all in the fact that we've lost our. We don't do it. We didn't do a topic last time or the last two times. Likewise, nobody's given a shit that we we didn't do this um, episode last week, um, as far as I know. Uh, well. So, but we are going to do a topic. I think today's topic is. Um, I'm, I'm going to explain what it's going to be, so listeners can go. Oh, that's that's interesting. Worth sticking around for. The topic is um, how many. The question is this: How many likes or views do you need to have to make you feel like what you've created is something worth creating in the first place? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I like how that. many likes or views do you think? You think, well, that's something that I've created, and I've had that number of views or likes. Three. And anyway, no, 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 don't don't spoil it, so Mark, Mark. That's Mark, that don't, answered. No, don't spoil it now because that's our topic oh. for later. Don't oh, if you later. just say that now, right. that would that's. No, don't do that. I, I, I'm pretending I, I haven't heard you say three. Then, okay, okay, okay I'm going to be asking that a bit later for the topic section. We're not quite there. The topic section um, says certain. Uh, I've got something that I just want to clear up from two weeks ago. Again, nobody else. I don't think. Oh no, no, I had a. Um, is this how many ironies there are in the song Ironic by Alanis Morissette? I've been about that non-stop. That. I was hoping that when <laughs> we two. came on an air today, you would say... There are two. Yes, here they are. Here are the two. Oh, I see you mean. What are the two? No, I haven't done that because that would take a bit oh, of prep. God. But actually, I'm picking up something that I was talking about, um, Sherbet Dip Dabs. Do you remember that, Mark, from last time? Yeah, I do. I remember it very clearly. And Nick, who is our favourite, well, you know, he's, he's our favourite uh, listener. Um, because he always, you know, he's always boying us on and encouraging us to keep going, even though we're we're looking for a way to stop this now, aren't we, Mark? <laughs> oh dear, yeah. We're, we're looking for a way for winding up earcorn for for good. But uh, Nick keeps on saying nice things, and so we go, oh, we've got to do it for Nick, and occasionally Matthias as well. He occasionally puts a little likey thing on. So anyway, just want to clear something up because it wasn't a dip dab. It wasn't a sherbet dip dab I was describing last time. It was actually, and this is pointed out by Nick. That it's a sherbet fountain. You, no, that's not. No, that, that, there's nothing rude about a sherbet fountain, is there? Is there? Uh, I don't know. It sounds like it, but what a fountain, well, sherbet it's just, fountain. It's just my dirty mind. <laughs> a sherbet fountain. Yeah. So what's yeah, a sherbet fountain? So. Well, that's the sherbet fountain was what we described before, which is the sherbet in this tube with a bit of licorice in it, and you suck the licorice. This, this sherbet up through the licorice. Remember, we talked about this last yeah, time. Yeah, okay, yeah, it's coming okay. back to me. Yeah, so, but I was just, I was calling that a sherbet dip dab. A dip dab? Do you want to hear the difference between a dip dab and a sherbet fountain? I'd, li- I'd really like to, yes. A dip dab is basically sherbet again in a bag, but the, the it's not licorice, it's a, a lollipop. You lick mm. the lollipop, you, right. you dip it, you dip it in your sherbet, and you lick it, and that's, I got horribly confused, and thankfully Nick's sorted that out. I think and, I like um, that one better, actually. I'm never really a big fan of licorice. No. Did you like licorice? Not really? No. Not that bothered by it, to be honest. It's just a I weird like, thing. It's just it a is really weird, weird sort of bitter. Yeah. And... I don't know. It might be one of those things that people kind of feel obliged to eat, to eat or to buy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. Well, it's like one of your five a day. Oh, I've got to get, got to get my licorice in. Along with my sprouts I, and broccoli. I have to say, I don't know anybody who... I've never been with anybody where they've gone in a, in a, like, I've never been in a sweet shop with somebody <laughs> hang on I haven't been in a sweet shop for many years but the last time I was in a sweet shop I wasn't I, the person didn't say oh I fancy some licorice Whoa, right. licorice <laughs> Whoa, give me some of that stuff yeah you're no, right it's... though 
So who has been, who is, maybe, uh, listeners, you could drop us an, an email at uh, earcorn, oh fuck, what's it called, earcorn podcast, all one yep. word? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no, there's no uh, expletive in there. It's not earcorn, oh fuck, what's it, podcast. It's just earcornpodcast at gmail.com. And um, ask us if, um, I've forgotten, what, what, what are we Tell us if you like licorice. If you do <laughs> like licorice, we'll send you a bag of licorice. Yes, we will. In fact, Special we will. Special New York State licorice. Yes, there Mark, you go. Mark will it. do that. Mark will do that. He will, he'll actually do that. If you actually send us, a, a, a Mark will send you some a special New York. God, that sounds glamorous, doesn't it? New York licorice. Dude. Assuming such a thing exists. Don't spoil that. I'm sure it does. I, I, I imagine there's a little boutique. Just I'll have to go into on. production. Yes. <laughs> yes, you could. There's, um, there's probably money in that. Um, good. So that's that cleared up, just in case that was uh, an issue. Um, yes. So something else has come up um, as well. Mm. So I was looking... I was looking at the back of the um, Sunday Times culture section. Do you remember that? Did you used to look at the Sunday Times culture section? Uh, I never when, really when, read the Sunday Times, to be honest. It's a bit too right-wing for me. Ooh. <laughs> 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 lefty, lefty, lefty. Anyway, that's quite funny because at the back they've got these adverts for these um, these these concerts. And I was just looking at them. And, you know, because you find some bands from yesteryear... It's like the Stranglers are back on tour, right. and you kind of and there's a picture of them, and one of them really does look really, really, really old. I don't know who yeah. he is. I mean, proper old, where you think, oh, he should really be tucked up with a tartan blanket over his knees somewhere. Yeah. Um, but um, so they've been around a long time, isn't it? Because they they originally ran in the 1970s, weren't they, the Stranglers? Yeah. So I think they're one of those bands that never really went away. I think they've just been carried going on. on since wow. then. Wow, that's amazing, yeah. isn't it? Um, because I'm saying this obviously because obviously Jesus and Mary Chain would pop up in the back of this um, paper this this magazine along those lines because we've got a Brian Ferry here Brian Ferry UK tour see he's still going mm. he also looks a little bit drawn a little bit tired he also, I think he probably would probably like to stop oh, these they're all in their late 60s or early 70s now those easily that era I would say but actually to say his, his UK tour only has five five gigs and two yeah. of them are in uh, his front room no two of them are I- I- at the Royal Albert Hall so he's right. only having to go to Leicester what is he going to Leicester for particularly Manchester yeah. Newcastle Glasgow and London so that's quite a small tour isn't it because he's well, probably getting, a weird he's, one he's getting on a bit whereas the Stranglers have got lots of dates they're hardcore mm. um, and then t- I turn the page and the reason why I'm saying this I'm building up to this so and, and you might have heard of this or you might not have heard of this and and there's an advert here an evening yeah, wait, wait, wait for it. An evening with Whitney. Whitney. Not Whitney Houston. Not Whitney Houston lookalikey, someone who's pretending to be, or not pretending to be, but is, you know. Yeah. Yeah, like a, like a sounded likey. <laughs> Whitney Houston. Actually, with Whitney Houston. Now, we both know that's going to be problematic, don't we? Mm. <laughs> because, because why, why Mark? Uh, well, she's dead. She's dead. So that makes it problematic. But it's not too problematic for whoever organised this because it's the, and I'm reading from this, an evening with Whitney, the Whitney Houston hologram tour. Right. I was going to say that must be what it is. Yeah. You see more and more of those now these days. Do you? The hologram. Yeah. So have you ever seen one, an actual hologram? No, I haven't. No. I don't, I don't know if I want to really. I mean, I saw about two or three years ago there was a Roy, Roy Orbison one and watched a little video 
on YouTube and it was quite extraordinary, but it's just, I don't know, it's just a bit weird. So they appear on stage. So from a distance, you think, there she is. She's not dead. She's still going. Mm. But because it's it's a fully but it obviously doesn't and, and people could i suppose the difference is people the, the 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 backing band can actually they can actually slide through her can't they on stage i guess <laughs> i suppose, I suppose if, uh, if they want I'm to sure they don't do that <laughs> if they want bizarre. to they can walk through whitney and everything but that was for uh, the illusion yeah. um but so how do they how do, how is it done even i mean so they they, they take a her performance from the past and then they hologram hologram hologramicize it is that right <laughs> that's the right word yeah holographic eyes yeah i don't know see i i tend to th- when i read about these things i'm always i know the hologram is the, is the amazing part but i'm always thinking about the actual musical element like how do they do that presumably what they do with the musical thing is they just take you know live recordings of these mm. songs mm. and isolate the vocal mm. And then the band plays to a click. I'm guessing mm. that that's fairly easy. But yeah, I don't know how they do the. I do not know how they do the hologram, which is mm. why I'm not a scientist. No, no, and you never should be a scientist. Yeah. Not with how you, the, not with the rate at which you get through those pencils. I know. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, so there you go. But I saw that. I thought it was very strange. So I wonder. It did make me think. After that, I thought actually, is that is that that's the perfect thing for, for example, for you as an idler. Mm. So you're obviously touring. You've got a lot of touring coming up soon with the Jesus and Mary chain. But if you kind of thought, I tell you what, I can't be bothered to do all that flying around the world. You could just get a hologram created of Mark, and you would appear on stage with the other band members. But you wouldn't be there. You'd be at home. Wouldn't you? Yeah, it's ideal. There's only one issue with that. What's that? Uh, I'm I'm not that important in the band. It would be much easier for them just to get another bass player than do that. But let uh, let's say yeah. that I let's say that I was, you know, like it was absolutely <laughs> essential that they had me as a person in the band. Yes. Then yes, I would do that. I think it, I think actually it's, I mean it, it is a really good way of putting on an, a show. I think because you can have essentially you can franchise it out you could actually be mm. appear you could appear anywhere in the world mm. at the same time yes you know with the hologram just have a different band in each place we wouldn't have to do all that traveling yes be much better for the environment yes absolutely but of course people going to it would also kind of feel like do you know something there's there's no banter there's no there's nothing spontaneous here is there it's basically um, well, you could um, probably uh, record a lot of spontaneous banter. I mean, that was spontaneous. A lot of banter <laughs> that you could trigger sort of, you know, randomly. At so random, it's different every and, night. Like an algorithm. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. That's That probably is what's going to happen, isn't it? So do you reckon Jim and William would, would be up for this? Do you reckon they're... Are they, do they, I'm do surprised they, like... they haven't done it already because they yeah. both would much rather just be sitting at home. Yeah. Than you just going on tour. You should you should suggest it to them, in saying this is the future. So get some holographic um, shows done with all of you, and then you can all stay at home. And you're, well, you're showing. They will probably on. then decide to do it with the you know, the young, early lineup, when they were all in their twenties, skinny and dressed in leather, mm. 
that would be the way to do it, wouldn't it? Have holograms of that version of the band rather than oh, the, the, the middle-aged, fat, <laughs> old version that's <laughs> out there now. Yeah. <sighs> Gosh, the world we live in, hey? Yes. There we go. Four Tops and Temptations, they're, they're here as well. God, they must be getting on too, mustn't they? Four is it the Four tops. tops or is it like one of those, you know, is it like the Trigger's Broom of Four Tops? It says the four tops and the four and the temptations. Yeah, but I bet you, I bet you, it's not any of the original four tops. Oh, isn't it? Do you not think? I'm sure not. Well, who was in the four tops? I don't know. know, We've got one. You just reminded me, Karen. Yeah, no, 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 no. Remember something that you said? You were singing a song to me on this thing about eight weeks ago, Mm -hmm. and I suddenly remembered who it was. And I was like, he got shot by his father. No, it wasn't him. Oh, it was Curtis Mayfield. Right. Anyway, there you go. Curtis, oh, you're, you're supposed to go, oh, yeah. But now you don't even remember that you mentioned it. So, I, I wasn't singing a Curtis Mayfield song. I was singing a... No, no, no. This was way back before then. Oh, really? This was like before Christmas. Gosh. Before Christmas? Yeah. Before Christmas. Don't ask me that? what happened before um, Christmas, Mark. Moving up. Was I doing that? Oh, it wasn't was you. I? No, I don't think it was me. <laughs> you fucking mad person you are. I didn't do that. <laughs> Have you been doing other podcasts behind my back? Oh, shit. With other co-presenters? You this was on my 70s funk podcast. Oh, you little bastard. It's someone else. You've mixed me up with another podcast. That's weird. I'm sure it was you. No, it wasn't me. No, yeah. it wasn't me. No. God, how depressing. Um, there's another one here. Now, this is Aha. Now, I do like Aha. 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 Um, it's play Hunting High and Low. So, th- this is when you just play a- an album, a classic uh-huh. album. Do you remember that Hunting High and Low album? I do, yeah. I don't really remember the album. I remember the song, which is a great song. I remember the video with it. So, I remember the video of uh, Hunting, and I'll always be. I don't remember hunting. the video for that song. I do remember the song, yeah. Um, uh, yes, but it's kind of they've they've got a photo of them. Oh, I suppose it's the photo from the album uh, that came out with that when they're all young young bucks in their twenties. Yeah. So, but of course you'll see that, and then you'll go to the concert, and obviously they don't look like that anymore, do they? They look maybe forty, you know. Well, I don't think so. Um. I don't think so. This is like when he was about 21. Gosh. Mm. Um, no, it's a great track. It's a, I, I do like that track. But can I just say, in all, in all seriousness, my, my favourite Aha album is, uh, on, I'm going to get the wrong title, uh, On Memorial Beach, In Memorial Beach, On or In Memorial Beach, one of those. Okay. It's a really good album, everybody. Listen to it. Just trust yeah. me on it. Listen to it. Complete, no one's ever heard of it. Really good tunes in there. I've really, really. Very guitar-y, really. You'd like it. I'm, honestly, you would like it. So that's my whole thing there. There we go. Go and see um go and see Whitney Houston not quite live. What have you been up to? Well, what have the I last been up two to? weeks? What's happened? <sighs> um well I have been very busy. I have been very busy. Because you know we have these two projects been working, yeah. this animation one. And this other TV thing. So it got to the stage now where there's just lots of harassing people about it. And I said to you, didn't I think I told you, didn't I, that I've had kind of the beginnings of a bite, a nibblet or something mm. like that, 
from both Netflix and Amazon for this animation show, which on paper sounds exciting. And I think you said to me the other day, because we have been in contact. Oh, no, it was by email, wasn't it? We haven't actually spoken. And you you thought, come on, come on, Bruce, get a bit bit more excited by this. And I was going, "Mm, well, it doesn't (laughs) doesn't mean shit. But it, I mean, it means something. It does mean something because it shows that they are generally there's a genuine interest in the project. Because yeah. um, otherwise, they would a they got it, they would they don't bother to get back to you. They just ignore you. Or b they they send a little terse one liner saying thank you but no thank you. So yes, it has got to the next level. It is like a video game. I've now got to this level. Um, I haven't got to the prize yet, but I've got to this next level. I haven't been killed yet before I have to go back to the beginning. So right. um, so potentially yes, it is. It is quite exciting but on the back of that i've been um contacting all these other companies too so from your hbo's to your stars to your to your all, all the other ones uh, right. disney as well i contacted disney and wow. like that. um uh yeah but it just takes a lot of time because you've got to dig out you've got to find out who's in charge of that job and because there's quite there's quite a lot of churn in the world of tv somebody's in that job and then they 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 bugger off to another company so yeah um so yeah that's just taken up quite a lot of time doing that and i also applied for some funding for this other project for the bfi right british film institute for this tv thing um and i've got to be careful what i sort of be careful what i say i'm gonna i'm, I'm gonna navigate this quite carefully but i want to say it um so basically i've i've applied for many funds over many years 20 years ago i applied for my first film fund through the uk film council mm. and that took a lot of time to do put lots of stuff together it was kind of pre-online as well there was lots of things you had to send off in in, the, in jiffy bags and stuff like that yeah. and that didn't go anywhere and i've applied for many funds since then and got nowhere ever with any of them and i was kind of reluctant to apply for this one but it, it, it was a fund that did tie it t- does tie up very much with this thing we're pushing i thought well i haven't been rejected from a, a grant body for a while so let's just do it again and it took about a day to fill this online thing on up and I, and then i was getting really fed up with it it went on and on and on and on and on and then it got to the bit at the end where it's the kind of diversity bit yeah, yeah. so you have to tick all the boxes saying that you will um you know you will uh, adhere to certain criteria in terms of uh, non-exclusive, non non-exclusive, exclusivity things. So you you try to encourage people from um, underrepresented parts of our society, which I'm all for, absolutely, hundred yeah. percent. But it went on and on and on and on and on and on, and there was like they were going through every different part of the process, everything from the actors to the the crew to the production people, saying, "Will you, you know, will you make sure that you've." get enough people in from this underrepresented thing and uh, part of society and, and then this amount and this amount and you kind of go you know we will genuinely be trying to do that as much as possible but there's something about being told do you know what i mean there's something where form is saying you know we're, we're going to really squeeze you until you you uh, have you know you've um, helped me out here mark what am i trying to say Help me, you've been very quiet. Well, I'm just I listening. Think... I'm thinking about what you're saying. Um, um, See, so even in saying this, I feel as if I have to be careful what I'm saying because, you know, we, we want to do we want to do the best thing we can possible and we genuinely, in what we're doing, we are offering um, 
particularly uh, kids who are do are do come from the sort of background that wouldn't have the opportunity to make a film normally. So the underrepresented, you know, from poor parts of society and and um, uh, to to make short films. I mean, we actively want to do that, but there's something about something about the fact that you have to then. Um, Oh, and I'll stop there. Really, I've I've, I've got bored of my voice a bit. But the, does that does that make any? It's something about forms. I mean, I've done these forms before, these diversity forms, where you kind of go, yeah, that's fine. You know, up for that and everything. But there was seem to be so many parts to it this time. Yeah, I mean, I, so, I do understand. So, you know, because you know, they're obviously the it's still such a massive issue. I mean, even you know, looking at the Baftas yesterday, mm, mm. you know, like. And then the Oscar nominations too. It's yeah. just like it's it is so white, yes. and so and and that's just like that is a very um, misleading representation of what the industry is like because there are so more so many more you know films and TV shows being made that are more inclusive of that and that and you know they're just sort of just getting uh, ignored by these institutions like the BAFTAs mm. and the and the Oscars. Mm. So I can see that you know the, there is a need to I mean that's that it's generally makes me sad that you know you, that you have to go through all that paperwork because you know clearly it's just it's such a massive issue that they have to sort of to force people to in into thinking that way. Yes. That you that you even have to do that is is really is a bit depressing and sad. Well, it did, and it's also, it, yes, I mean, it's yeah. also even like mm. even from that point of view, it, it would in it would indicate like a uh, a little a slightly um, racist kind of undertone in in the fact that they're just a, it's almost like an assumption mm. that the person applying for it is is a white yes. male. I think you know that's that that's exactly what I ended up feeling. I ended up feeling like. I um yeah the assumption is is that I'm going to just basically get my my middle aged white chums to do this and sod everyone else, do you know what yeah. I mean? And it's kind of like, and I, I, that's so far from the truth. Yeah, I mean even <laughs> but what I'm saying is like there it's even like assuming but, that you apply that that that's the demographic of people yes. that is applying for funding. Yes. Rather than just assuming that there are all kinds of people applying and then and. There's always they do want a kind of region thing, so they kind of say that basically if you're in the southeast, so you know I'm comfy, I live just outside Oxford, uh, but which I never know quite that what that means, but apparently that is the southeast. I thought it was like the Midlands, but anyway, it doesn't matter. Yeah, that's weird. Um, I wouldn't have said that. Weird. Was but anyway, but basically they have this bias against the southeast, and it's like if if we were in Wolverhampton in the Midlands, then there, there'd be a greater chance that we get support. Yeah. And I'm thinking, well, so already it's like the bias against me, so I'm a white middle aged man. And the assumption is is that I'm loaded. Do you know what I mean? So there's something about it. Well, you're in the south, so you must be well, well, well off. And we both know I'm not. And mm. I'm not. And I and the connections I've made within the industry have been connections I've made over a whole lifetime of working really hard, starting from nowhere at all, no leg up, no no family in the business whatsoever, no family in any of the creative industries at all. So, um, it's t- you know, it's. It does go back to what you were saying earlier that I feel like they don't know. Is that there is that assumption that I'm that, that I was going to put something together that, that we that that we don't think about this at all. You know, I mean, women, for example, are so desperately underrepresented uh, in film. Mm. Um, although there are a lot of women actually involved in film as well, 
I mean, oddly enough, you don't hear about the director. You know, there were there's, there were there were a lot of well, women. that's the thing. Yeah, you know, they're, they're they're not necessarily directors, but there's a hell of a lot of producers. You think a hell of a lot of, uh, are women rather than blokes. Um, so it's an interesting one. I mean, but there's certain roles within a, a crew roles that are predominantly male. Um, so your DOPs and your camera operators and probably you know um, um, tend to be blokes, and so yes, you want to try and encourage people who aren't from that background there but it is it's i don't know i did i think you might i do feel i do feel slightly patronized when i'm filling the form in i do feel like i i'm old enough to know and to try and give as much opportunity as i can to people that are under underrepresented because the whole thing that we're doing is basically you know the idea of the actual show is to give opportunity to young filmmakers to make a short film you know and if you if you if you're from a, a privileged background there's a greater chance you're going to be able to do that anyway, but there's a yeah. lot of people who don't have that privileged background, who who right. you know who go to um, state schools and stuff like that. They don't have that opportunity. Yeah. I went to a state school, so I do understand that. I didn't know that the film or TV world existed at all when I was a kid. Um, but anyway, right. blah blah blah. Yeah. Gosh, that well, that was quite a thing. I wasn't going to talk about that really, but I thought no, that's good. This is a good thing to talk about. It's a really important thing in this and industry. Lo- and this industry. The other thing is was a bit annoying about it, just very quickly is that I'd, I'd rather just send in the whole pitch to them and they look at the pitch and then if they go, yeah, this is something we want to get involved with, then we do we move on to the next bit, mm. which involves all that. But the fact you have to fill in all this stuff to, for the first time around and uh, is a bit of a bummer really so um i did that took, took me a day and a half probably get nowhere with it but it's one of those things you have to do occasionally well you've done it i mean no, no, that's no. the important thing that's mm-hmm. right that's right you know in the in in the music world actually just think about what you're talking about i mean in the few in the years i've been doing this the amount of women in the crew has been virtually nobody we had a tour manager who was a woman and we had at one point a lighting engineer who was a woman but other than that it's always been men yeah you know it's roadies for the most part are men yeah and um i think it's a shame because it does create a certain kind of atmosphere mm. <laughs> you know when you're traveling on a tour mm. bus just with a blo- bunch of blokes of a particular sort of you know mm. uh um personality i suppose um, it would be nice to, for it to be a bit more sort of genteel mm. when you're on tour. That's that's a bit of a weird thing to say, isn't it? Like assuming all women are uh, uh, digging myself a hole. But, <laughs> yeah, but it's quite fun to listen. But, to. but I mean, it would be it would just I think it would just be nice <laughs> no, to have. I know like, what you mean. Yes, a bit of balance, a bit of because you know, you know yeah. just the, the, your tip. You know, when yeah. you think of like road crew, you think of that sort of like particular yes. kind of farting, beer swilling. Yes misogynistic bloke and that's not yes, really yeah it's not really the reality i mean they're not they're not all like that but they're definitely <laughs> there's definitely been a few like that who we've of course with. Like, yes you, know, you no, just think exactly. oh my god this like dinosaur from another era i find the identity politics side of it interesting too though because the other things you were asked about mm-hmm. are to do with your know, sexual preferences as it were or you know if you're basically where where, where you sit on the, the the big spectrum of sexuality mm. and in terms of um, and I, I find that I'm going to get myself into murky waters here. But I'm going to do is it Edward Fox? No, I'm not, not actually. Nobody gives a shit what I say anyway, so I can't do an Edward Fox. Is it Edward Fox who got into trouble? Edward with Fox? Me? I don't know what you're talking about. Not Edward. That's the son of. Oh, you've, no, Lawrence Fox. Anyway, it doesn't matter if you didn't. Oh yeah, I don't even. I, I 
don't yeah, I don't even know what he said, but I saw that he was yeah. saying something. But no, it's it's the whole thing of um it's my thing is that um I know that whatever way you wh- 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 however you self-identify, whatever your sexual preference is is up to you and as long as nobody gets hurt, you just do whatever you want to do and that's fine. Okay? Mm. So uh, that's my position on it. But it's when basically but there is a point where it comes to like when it's sort of like um you're being asked to differentiate maybe in a, a job offering position so are you representing enough people f- from these certain different sort of backgrounds depending upon their sexuality and i feel like it's not my business their sexuality has nothing to do with me you know it, it, can they do their job that is required well that's number one mm. um but everything else to the sexuality it's not my business really and it's very funny how we've kind of we kind of get very kind of you know but um so maybe it's a bit old-fashioned old-fashioned kind of point of view it's it's really not my business mm. um you know if somebody was gay and they're being bullied on set then that is my business it's like you know you, yeah. you don't want you know you're sacked because you don't bully someone for for what, any, any reason whatever it is if it's sex for sexual reasons or for, for racial reasons it just doesn't happen you just don't do it um but i'm not it seems to be going beyond that basically it's kind of i don't know does that make sense it just doesn't feel like it's my business to to um yeah know. i mean the no. thing about the thing about that is that you know if somebody has got a prejudice towards you know any particular demographic then all the paperwork in the world isn't going to change that yes you know they could tick all the boxes and say yeah they will course they will give you know consideration equally to everybody but if in in their mind yeah they're thinking if they just take take offense to somebody's sexuality Mm. and they make a make an assumption about somebody based on that that's still going to happen i was watching doctor who yesterday oh that's better oh we're we're safe for ground now phew well (laughs) oh doctor who let's talk about doctor oh and i mean this i don't know if you've watched any of this most recent i haven't no well i mean they really have been clearly making an effort to to make it way more in- inclusive of yes. and and to make that just not even something that you would think about. Mm. And I think I think like yes, yesterday's issue, like there was uh, a issue yesterday's episode. Mm. I didn't even watch the whole thing. I thought it was a bit crap story, but th- that's not mm. the point. You know, th- there was um, there was a gay couple, mm. two two men, and it was just part of the storyline. Mm. And and I was watching, and then there was just a point where I thought, "Oh my god, you know, this is mainstream yeah. <clears throat> TV, mm. Doctor Who, children's show, mm. and they're you mm. know they're just showing this. There's no sort of you know telegraphing like, oh look, isn't this a great thing? Or we need to mm. be more incl-. you know, it's just like part mm. of the <clears throat> part of the fabric of the episode. Yes. yes, and I just found myself like, wow, this is this is amazing. This is mm. amazing that a show is being like Doctor Who mm-hmm. is really pushing the boundaries of that, you know. Mm. Um, but I think it's what it, I think it's the, I think it's the it is that getting to that plateau, as it were, where you kind of go, it doesn't matter. There are two people who love that's each it, other. Exactly. Whatever, whatever, whatever shape or size or uh, in whatever their beliefs, anything, it doesn't matter. The two people, you know, their beliefs, whatever their sexual preferences, is not relevant to it's not it's not an issue so it's kind yeah of, i think it's when it when when people say what well, this is when people get into this is when it gets it's tricky so it was like making something 
an issue where you kind of think it shouldn't be an, you know should shouldn't be an issue it's it's their personal how they live their life is up to them as long as in a say and it should become an issue if if they're being somehow let's say bullied or persecuted for having a certain preference and that applies to everything to to whatever religious belief you have or your yeah. political belief you shouldn't be i guess what i'm trying um, to say is i th- yes, yeah come is that it's fantastic that a show that's aimed at children is just showing different kinds of relationships yes in a way that without even drawing attention to it you know yeah. it's just yes because that's what that's what we need is just for people to grow up looking at not even thinking like oh that's weird yeah. or why are they why are there two men together or yes. you know it should just be like it's not even something you have to think about yeah you know it's just that's life hmm. and i think it's great that a show like that is is showing that without it being part of the story yeah it's just they happen to be two men yeah. and it's there you go there you go good ta, ta, da. Ta, da. Oh, this has all got Look very it. political and uh, it is. Well, I didn't not, mean not to political. happen not political I mean well it's kind know. of political isn't it political oh for fuck's sake sorry just a massive cockroach cl- cl- crawling up my wall is that What's going Shit. on? There's been a load, a load of these lately. Oh no! How horrible! And it's not coming. It's not because of my apartment. I keep this place spotless. I think it might be the weather because it's just not been that cold. What are you doing to it? So the listeners, cause, was that a spray? I'm sorry to say, I, no. That's my radiator. I just squashed it in a tissue. I know that's. Well, I don't really like doing that, but these things are fucking horrible. I think I think you're allowed to kill cockroaches. Mm. Because if you set it free now, it's just going to go in somebody else's apartment, isn't it? Yeah. Oh dear. Give a little funeral in a minute. Yeah, yeah. I give give it a little, a little Viking burial. Let's see. Funeral for a roach. That flush fill it. the no, don't yeah you no know, fill the bath with water, okay, and build a little. <laughs> There's nowhere Viking... to go though, is there? No, no, no. Let me finish. Let me finish. No, no. Build yeah. a little Viking, a little Viking boat, and pop him on it, and then set light to it. Set light to it. Um, kerosene on it set light to it and it'd be like, be like a, a, a viking barrel yeah I could get some a rubber band and fire some lit matches over it like yes yes <laughs> what a good idea what a, te- what a great idea yeah, f- flinging lit matches around in a small apartment I think we should move on to the topic now after all that there's a lot of excitement I mean we've got yeah. political stuff really I've got to tell you very quickly I've got I'm like this I've got I've got oh. a, a background job coming up this week Ooh, oh yeah do one on Thursday I'm playing a gun enthusiast at a gun show whoa <laughs> <laughs> for a Gosh. show called The Blacklist right that should be fun that should be quite fun shouldn't it yeah that should be so that, is that like featured do you reckon you'll be featured in that one? No, of course not. Just just background. Just background. But it does kind of concern me though that the, the only roles that I've been able to get lately, roles, mm. not even roles, the only background, are things that are quite sort of right wing leaning, like all yes. conservative. Yes. Like is that? Do I do I look like I'm a bit right wing? You do a bit do. actually. Yes. Do I? You do. Yes, you do look very right. Is that is that is that get a problem for you? 
Oh my god, it's terrible. What can I do to make myself look? I mean, well, there are certain I don't things dress do like, a, like a like a conservative. You know like... that. You know that. Um, <laughs> Stop. You know that bandana you wear around your your, your head. Yeah, and those um, clips of. You mean the bullets. red one with the? Uh... Yes, that's it. And the the, the bullet clips and everything. And the little pouches yeah. full of ammo ammunition. What's wrong with that? Well, that suggests that you know you may well be a little bit uh, right of centre. I think if you're, it's like, you know, <laughs> on one morning I'm when we're on tour, I, I walked out of the tour bus. I was and I, I was wearing like this black, you know, pea coat type thing, hmm. a little black cap and um, uh, sweatpants that were quite tight, and my black boots. And I hadn't even thought about it. And, I, and William's like, "You look like a fascist." <laughs> what do you mean? I was like, oh shit! I do look like a fascist. I look like I'm just. <laughs> so that's my look. Your look, your, look your natural default look is 1940s fascist. fascist. Gosh, gosh, what do I look? Do you think I look about? I mean, would you what? Would you be able to look at me and think of what political if persuade? Not that I have really any political persuasion particularly, but would you look at me just from looks? Would you think? Oh, he looks like. Um, no, or, I don't, or, I'd probably not. I don't know. I haven't really thought about it actually. Um, or the way I sound. The way I sound. Are, are there? See, I think it's quite interesting when people make assumptions. I suppose it's impossible for us because we we know each other for so long now to imagine what it's like if we just met each other for the first time. But yeah. um, it's funny how people make make assumptions, don't they? Well, I think people do make the assumption if you. I mean, you know, I think I'd say that both you and I sound fairly posh. I mean, right. not not obviously when you put us next to like really posh people, mm. that's not not the case at all. Mm. But um, I think there is that definitely that when I speak, people make an assumption that I've come from kind of like a wealthy family, and uh, I'm sort of quite conservative, mm. especially if I say I'm from Oxford. Yes, but, Oxford has that. But this isn't. Doesn't it? I mean, th- mm. th- it's this is not like the accent that I used to speak with when I was when I was a kid. I used to be a lot more. Uh, common, <laughs> common. Well, you, but, but you do to me. You do still sound quite common. Oh, thank you. That's, I take that as a compliment. I mean, you do really. I mean, I kind of sometimes I don't quite know what you're saying oh, because yeah. you, using your your tone is so common, and I think. Ooh, but there was a p- there was a period where I was sort of speaking like that. Were you? <laughs> I, what, you what, what, a little bit when I was when I when I was about eleven or twelve, eleven or twelve. Did you? Realize? It was because it's proper Oxfordshire people. I've got don't more of the Oxford, more of the yes, Oxford. Yes, you see, people don't realise who don't live in Oxford. Actually, yes, it is. We're on the cusp of the West Country in a sense. So, yeah. so you know, I, I mean, I live out here in a slight, you know, slightly out in the sticks. I don't actually live in Oxford. I live in the countryside a bit. And uh, yeah. yes, so local folk do have a bit of an accent. The two um, things, like my my dad had a bit of that. Like he would say, um, nine. Nine. We've got nine. Nine. Nine, nine, yeah. nine times nine. Yeah. Yeah, Gosh. and uh, and I suppose the Oxford thing as well is to say like wow, wow, wow. Oh, really? I is that was, Oxford? Yeah, I that was wow, that. wow bad. Hmm. Gosh. So the idea of Oxford being sort of posh is that's just the university. Like the actual, if you listen that's to right. listen to Oxford town people who you mm. know don't know any actually, it's a completely different accent. Mm. Anyway, what? How do we get onto this? No I idea. don't know. Talking about the topic, you, I mean, I think we're going to run out of time. Do you want to do the topic next week? <laughs> no, let's do it really quickly now. Five minutes. All right, five minutes ish. Ten, five, ten minutes. We might go over the hour on this one. So anyway, I was going to talk about um, the topic being 
when you create something how many is that this came out of the fact that I when we were talking a, a couple of weeks ago about the fact that I had done an audiobook version of my book my my book that I'd written has mm. hardly I mean it's, it's on Amazon and Kindle and whatever but no one ever reads it um and very few people have even though I spent a lot of time on it but the two things don't necessarily um match up anyway so I did an audio version of it which took me ages to do and everything and then a couple of people listened to it and really liked it and I thought well, this is oh, this is, oh, that's nice because you, you spent ages doing these things and you put them out into the world and you think what's the point quite often and I was thinking how many what what, what is that bottom line feeling in terms of if you create a song or you paint a picture or you make a little film how many is that almost trying to quantify yeah it's a probably a slightly stupid question really how many <laughs> how it's a very stupid question for the to topic really but it is that whole thing about you know if you put something out into the world which these days quite often is via the internet somehow um at what point does it feel like oh yes it was worthwhile doing that and should that i mean obviously we both know that from we both know that that shouldn't be an issue you should just make what you want to make and fuck it if anyone listens or, or watches what you do but it's it's a very weird thing making stuff and feeling like well actually no one's what are you doing what was that you, you, it's my radiator it's got this um uh, <laughs> this thing at the side that, that when that <laughs> Because it's a steam steam thing. I thought you were flame throwing cockroaches. So it it's really. I, 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 usually I thought have. you found some more. Co you found the nest of cockroaches, and you've got a lighter, <laughs> and you're so. basically and your flame. You've 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 knocked up and created a little flamethrower. Yeah, and you're, you're talking about them. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a stupid radiator. I usually have something okay. over it to keep that noise down, but I've took it off the other day and forgot to okay. put it back on mark be careful because radiator is going to be a topic we're going to um cover in a future episode so don't don't run out of all your radiator chat now okay. so anyway answer my question of well sort of question all right. slightly go on then do well, it here's what i think um i mean i for sure if i do something like put a song out and put it on facebook and it gets absolutely no likes at all i do find that very depressing obviously yeah but for me i think like like if if i like 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 man yeah. like if i can get one person who i don't know if i have a really nice comment from somebody who i don't actually have any real connection with hmm. to me that that i take as a sort of measure that okay that this was worth doing hmm. because i tend to it's always nice to get you know good feedback from friends and family or whatever, but there's always a part of me that thinks, well, I know that person, they're my good friend. They will say they like it regardless. <laughs> <Is that? laughs> That's gonna... Do you know, they will, yeah, they, and they will like it, and they'll like it because they know me. <laughs> Sorry, just saying, being upstaged by a radiator. That's, That's terrible, so isn't pathetic, it? Yeah, isn't it? Go on, carry on. No, come on, I've come finished on. now. Um, Is it finished? It's all the gone. No, um, yes, yes, that's interesting, isn't it? Someone who isn't family or friends is somebody outside that circle. If they like, yes. And so that's that's my that's my feeling about my book is that the people that if I see something like someone likes the book and I don't know who they are and I don't know how the, quite frankly how the fuck they've even discovered the book and they like it. Yes, that feels like that feels as if I've. 
It's ridiculous, really, because I mean, why can't my, why can't it just be my friends and family like it, and that's fun, mm. and that's enough? Or you go even further, going back to the Van Gogh syndrome, you know, who just sold. I understand it. He just sold two paintings in his lifetime. Um, right. uh, you know, should we need an, anything, any of those, any likes, any, any views and stuff like that? Because it's just it's just it's kind of fascinating it is a fact i mean because you know the different extremes you, well you know one extreme that if you if somebody gets a lot of views or a lot of listens then then that feeling of validation regardless of what you've done so for example going back to the thing with these asmr uh, whispering whisperers doing asmr stuff uh, videos um you know mm. they quite often will put something up and they'll talk banal shit in a whispered fashion for an hour and they'll get hundreds of thousands of listens and and thousands <clears> of comments and if you just listen to what they're saying it is banal shit but it doesn't matter because they're just doing it in a whispered fashion right. so they must feel quite validated when they do that they go oh no, i'll put it up so it must be quite good because all i've got all these people subscribing to me i must feel quite oh that's good i'm, I'm good at that um whereas you know if i put up something and i get a couple of plays or something i kind of buy a mate <laughs> put something up on a friend of mine play something maybe once or a couple of friends do you know um <laughs> you quite often just think well what's the i mean i'm glad that they you know that they played it or they liked it but yeah it's i know a tri- it really gun. is a tricky tricky thing because you know obviously we do what we do because we love doing it but we also do want other people to share in that because you think i mean that's 50% of what it's about is that you're doing something that you hope will entertain somebody else so when you're only entertaining yourself yeah it does get to a point where yeah you just start to lose motivation yeah for doing it but I mean I found like for me the thing that I mean this is not totally on the topic of course it always wanders but is that I just do something and then as soon as I've done it I try just to forget forget about it and then mm. or, or I mean I lose interest even like last week like I really really enjoyed the process of recording those songs and I was having a blast doing it and it's fun just like you know trying out different instruments of being in this space and like you know the camaraderie you have with friends in a band and then you know listen to it what we did a few times but now that we've recorded it and it's finished I generally don't care if I ever hear it again <laughs> <laughs> or if I, or even if I mean of course I want to make some money from it and I don't, hmm. um somehow but it doesn't bother me if I don't ever hear those songs again I just hmm. and I do the, the the most pleasure I get is actually from creating the thing so perhaps I'm lucky in that sense that that is where I get the enjoyment and it doesn't bother me so much if I don't get any feedback afterwards maybe well you've had you've had well i think what's interesting with you mark is you've had these extremes so i was thinking about the other day because i watched that film the with with the rock and florence Pugh, who's been nominated for an oscar fighting with my family that was great fighting fighting with family it's an enjoyable film and what was of course you know you know a lot about that world but what was very interesting was that you know it culminated in them going to the um wrestlemania yeah, that, uh, yeah. Which is you know, so I saw that on television, 
in the film. So I saw that in the film, WrestleMania, where you've got 75,000 people or whatever. And that was actually the WrestleMania that I played at. No. Yeah, I hadn't realised until I watched it, yeah. So that actually was. So they were filming there when you on the one that you... That's amazing, because I was watching and thinking, that is a fucking huge place, and that is a fucking huge crowd. Mm. And I was thinking, Mark, Mark, our Mark, played there. And it just—it was like wow. I mean, it's a proper wow, wow, wow thing. Um, so you get that song, and it's been—it's had the you know. There's no way that I imagine you can, you can, in, however English and dismissive you are of your work, go well. Actually, there's a little song I did, and it did okay. I mean, it's done phenomenally well, mm. um, and been really appreciated. But then, of course, you've written shed loads of other songs that um have got nowhere near that i mean uh, you know in terms of let's be honest they've got they've done nothing <laughs> i mean i've written this is a yes. weird thing when you think well, there are some there are songs i've written that i think are so much better than that one yes that have well, literally yeah. done absolutely nothing that nobody's yes. listened to really yes. haven't made any money yeah and yeah i still i think that's as good as that or is better than that and yeah. yet that was the one that people yeah like. but that's 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 the oddity that's the very strange thing about being um being a creative person creative making stuff because i quite often i've got really into just playing the piano every day and just going through lots of the bits and pieces of songs that i've written over the years yeah and i generally just really enjoy doing it um just enjoy playing the piano and I enjoy yeah. I stumbling across songs that I'd written and I'd forgotten about. Like, oh yeah, hang on, I think I can remember this. And um, but you know, this is me and a piano, and I'm not even bothering to record it or put them out in the world because I think well, there's, there's very little point because people just won't. You know, there's there's lots of people putting out videos, cat videos, and videos with people whispering into mics that get hundreds of millions of views. So it's really <laughs> kind of pointless. But I, you know, I do like what I've written. Um, but that kind of, it is it is odd. It is very odd. It's an odd thing. It's like these, you know, these um, TV things that we're trying to get going. You know, yeah. there was a, if if they don't eventually get there, get made, get commissioned, then most people in the world, apart from us and one or two other people that have seen the materials involved with it, will know anything about it. Or um, have seen it, or read any of the scripts, or heard heard the audios for you know, do you know what I mean, or seen the artwork. Yeah. Uh, it will sort of be as if it hadn't it had never happened. Yeah. <laughs> so there must be so many show TV shows and um, films and everything that didn't quite get there, didn't even quite get to pilot stage, or didn't quite, yeah. but you know, got to script stage, and then that's as far as it got. So it's very, very odd. Yeah, no, just, but then you you know you have. <laughs> I mean, we. I feel we keep. We, we always seem keep to end up banging on the saying same, the same shit, the same place, whatever. <laughs> but it's just you know you. Yeah. You can't not do it. That's right. the thing. Even though it's always a small chance that anything will happen from what you've done, but it's just that that drive, isn't there? That you just mm. can't ignore. That's always there. That's like yeah, but Can I've we? Got to, got to do this. Yeah, but I mean, it's like the other. T- it's interesting, isn't it? Because I, I think we all should, should say. I mean, you can always take this out if you're not happy at being broadcast. Was that you know, last time there's been a bit of a theme recently that we've both been skinned, and thinking right. how can we survive? And then in the interim, you know, you told basically you had some good news because some money came in via uh, yes. the song for the song from WWE. Yeah. Yes, and it was also completely unexpected. I didn't. And completely unexpected. 
and again it's fantastic and when you sent me that email i thought brilliant it's fantastic i mean that is the song that keeps on giving yeah um <laughs> and um so so that's so you don't know what's going to happen i mean you don't yeah. I mean, so that happened with that song but there's still that possibility that it could happen with another song well that's um, it and i mean i suppose that's kind of what um uh i was gonna say what i'm living for but that's that's mm. much too extreme but there is that in the back of my mind whenever i do anything there is always that maybe this maybe this will be my big song mm. you know there's there's always that and i suppose because i have had the success with one of them i mean mm. one song out of like a, I've, I've done a I've got about a hundred songs or so out of the hundred mm. and something. Mm. That's a very small f- percentage of successful mm. songs. But I'm always thinking, okay, well, it, it happened one time. There's yeah. no reason why it can't happen again. Mm. You know, um, clearly, I, I mean, I must be doing something right to be able to get, you know, a hit with one. I was, I was, I was um, in communication with Michael Spicer. Um, oh yeah. Who, who's, uh, we've spoken up before. Who's, with his, he's kind of broken through to some extent with his uh, format of the 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 man next door. I should, yeah. I should, the room, I think I, the room next door. The room next door. The room next, not the man next door. I mean, he is the man next door. In yeah. the, anyway, whatever. So, um, and he's, you know, he's got, you know, quite often he'll put out one of those episodes of the room next door, uh, and it will get you know, over a million views on Twitter now and stuff like that. And he's going to be, he's doing a stage show. Yeah. based around that um a one off in Kent and um he very kindly asked if I you know if, if I wanted to go to a he's going to do a, a tryout for that show in London and, and I can't I can't make it but um but I I just in communication with him at the time saying just you know it's, it's so exciting to see what's happened and I was yeah. saying that I was um I said that when I read the um Eddie Izzard book his bio you know Eddie Izzard spent 10 years pretty much working to see if he could get get his whole you know get his 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 whole comedy career off the ground but 10 years of struggling just getting yeah. nowhere yeah, seemingly right. going see, seemingly going nowhere actually it wasn't a slow transition of success it was like you no know, just bumbling around. it looked like he wasn't going going nowhere mm. and then after 10 years he managed to get a breakthrough but and I was saying that you know you've done you've done 10 years plus to get to where you have got to now um, and then he's in his email. He said, "Well, actually, it's been twenty-five years well, because, he, in terms of when he was first writing, his yeah. first writing stuff, and then started to perform stuff, and then started to film stuff, it's twenty-five years. That's um, amazing. He's been doing. He's been really ha- hacking away at Twitter for ten years. Right. You know. So, and it doesn't necessarily mean that if you just keep going, something happens. But obviously, it's that." Um, Something definitely isn't going to happen if you stop. Well, that's it. Something's not going to happen if you stop. And it's definitely and not going to happen. There, I mean, there is so much. I mean, there is luck involved, and in, in, in the sense that, um, yeah. you know, he was doing when he started doing those room next door things. Mm. They were at the the right time. Yeah, you know, like the the and the targets were were there, like and still yeah. are there. Mm. You know, but you only get to that luck if you keep going you know yeah. you have to well he could have stopped he could have given up you know a few months before he came he, he did the first one of those because yeah. he's only done them in the last year yeah he could have said i tell you what i've been doing this 24 years that's enough <laughs> I'm a, yeah. I, that's enough i don't i don't need i don't need to put myself through this anymore in a sense you know 
Um, and it's still and the other thing as well with Michael, which which we will continue to to um, comment on Michael's progress with all of this stuff is that as time goes on, is just see what happens in the next year to see what next you know level he can get to. Mm. Um, because yes, you you don't you there's no guarantee what's going to happen next. But I know that he's obviously going to keep going, and he, he's got he just thing with Michael is he has the talent and he has the talent there's no question about the talent yeah there's no like oh he's all right oh he's done he's got a bit of luck whatever he's just very very talented and you kind of I mean when I worked with him all those years ago with that sitcom um pilot thing you know you just knew it I knew it back then I was thinking this is so obvious in fact I remember thinking this is so obvious this is 20 fucking 10 and I remember thinking yeah he's going to be he's going to be his own show on tv pretty soon if not with this sort of show this thing we're doing with him pretty soon do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's ten years ago, <laughs> and you must be so many people like that. And we're not not thousands, but there must be a lot of you know a lot of other people who are just supremely talented at what they do, and the stars just haven't quite aligned for them. Yeah. So, uh, anything else you want to say before we? Uh, I think we should wrap this up, to be honest. And also, you've got to um, you've got to fill your bath up. You've got to build a small little replica Viking ship. You've got to embalm that dead cro- cockroach. Uh, you've then got to fashion some little arrows out of matchsticks. You yeah, and then got you've work got cut to, out for me. And then you've got to give it a proper burial uh, at sea. Yeah. So what have you got coming up? Because uh, um, we're not going to do this. We're we're sticking to the two week thing, aren't we? Is that right? I think we should. I think, yeah, I think we should. Yeah. Super. Well, uh, love, thank you very much, everyone, for listening today. Um, we hope that um, you know it's it's been an, uh, an edifying process of some description um i would like to say that no cockroaches have been killed in the production of this show but obviously one has hasn't it quite a big one as well quite a big one live live on air all right lovely and i'll catch up with you uh yes mark for the next show in a couple of weeks time jolly good